Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic, to cosplay, to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. And welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. We are kicking off a four-part celebration of 80s fantasy movies with a discussion of legend. And I want to just first apologize up front. I know I said this on our Best Of episode. I had COVID. I've been battling COVID. I feel a ton better physically. Uh, The COVID brain, though, and stuff like that is not leaving me so pardon any weird brain lags from me or anything like that so anyway go get vaccinated remember we are still in a pandemic no matter what anybody tells you and you know so still be careful be cautious out there but legend if you don't know what legend is legend from 1985 and this was actually a critical flop critics hated 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 this movie if you didn't know this And actually, it doesn't even have that high of a rating with audiences either, which is kind of kind of surprised me. But I a lot of um, critique of it is is I think surrounding the fact that so much of this was edited down, if you don't know that. And a lot of the, the director's cut, there's like I mean, like Tom Cruise, like wouldn't even talk about this movie or promote it a lot because he hated how cut down it was and how this studio did that. And Ridley Scott was really pissed for a long time and didn't even want to be attached to this. There was a time where he wanted his name not even attached to this because of how much they cut from his vision, which is just an interesting little fact about this. But um, if you don't know what this is about, it's about a young man played by Tom Cruise who must stop the Lord of Darkness played by the incredible Tim Curry from destroying daylight and marrying the woman he loves played by Mia Sarah. And I want to just quickly say with those scores, I just thought it was interesting. Metacritic, which is like actually the more reputable quote unquote critic thing. It's a 30, a 30 out of a hundred, a 30. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes. It's got a score of 30. That is very low. It's in the red. It, like they, they do it by color scores. So it'll be red, yellow, green. It's red, 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 red. And Rotten Tomatoes is not much better. Rotten Tomatoes is 40%. Um, the audience though there is 73%. But yeah, so it's like <laughs> this is not a love movie. You just broke my heart, Erin. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to share that. I just think it's it's always interesting to me to see those, but yeah. But before we dive into everything else about Legend and talk about if it holds up today, what our thoughts are on the characters and such, 
I'm just going to go around and have my panelists tell me one thing they're into right now in pop culture. So Megan, who loves Screwball, what are you into right now in pop culture? That was devastating, Erin. I'm still <laughs> sitting with those answers. Sorry. But, uh, those stats <laughs> earlier. I mean, Sorry. I, I knew that, like, you know, Ridley Scott didn't like it. I, knew, I know Tom Cruise doesn't even like to associate himself with it, but ooh, broke my heart because Tim Curry. I mean, it's Tim Curry. <sighs> well, people uh, love Tim Curry. I will say that. People love Tim Curry in this. He's won like um, like polls a lot of for like a best villain, that kind of stuff. So even I think the critics even liked Tim Curry. It wasn't that. It was the movie as a whole. <laughs> uh, you know, that's understandable, I guess. I guess. Um, <laughs> I will never understand, actually, but it's fine. Um, in regards to pop culture, I, I haven't been doing a whole lot of like – regular pop culture. I've been reading a lot of books, um, a lot of them actually. So I'm going to say a book, uh, Dating Dr. Dill, fantastic little romance kind of comedy-esque book. It's talking about this young woman who, um, she's the eldest sister. Her younger sister's getting married. Uh, she was born in a traditional kind of, uh, as a traditional Desi girl. So therefore her family wants her to get married have a house, rely on a husband to take care of her, all these things. And she does not want that. So it kind of talks about that as well as her uh, desire to keep this house that her mother uh, created from um, ground up. And she can't have it because her dad's going to sell it, move back to India. And she comes up with this like plot to marry someone to get the money her dad would give her for a down payment to make payments on the house to him if, to buy it from him. So it's a cute book. Uh, I like that the main character is not so wishy-washy or I'm a damsel in distress. Uh, she feels like an everyday kind of girl uh, just trying to make it, but also just do like the fun, cozy things in life. And I appreciate that. I feel like there's too many books out there where the woman has to like either do heroic acts or be incredible in every single thing that they do, which is cool. I admire those and they need to exist, but I also like our cozy soft girls because uh, I am a cozy soft girl. So it's nice to feel representation there. And Dr. Dill, very attractive man from what I've read. Uh, I, I'm very curious if they make a movie on this one or a show. I hope they do. So I'm going to keep my eyes peeled for that. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't heard of that at all. So <laughs> very interesting. Yes. So Sasha, who has not, Sasha has not been on here since January when she was on for one of our Christian Effing Bale episodes, Equilibrium. So, and and I don't think I personally have even seen Sasha virtually <laughs> talk to her at all. Well, I've talked to her a little bit, but since then. So it's also a reunion for me. So Sasha, <laughs> welcome back to the podcast. I know. I feel like it's been forever, but I feel like I do this every year where it's like big gap and then you see me for two months straight for horror. <laughs> yes. <laughs> kind of my MO. Yeah. how I roll. But it is good to be back. I've missed you, my dear friend. I My pop culture item, I'm going to go with a foreign film um, and it's RRR. So three R's. Uh, it's the same director that did Bahubali. Um, which I think I mentioned on one of the episodes a billion years ago. So it's set in 1920s uh, India. 
and it's about the British Raj, who's a big old bag of D's, and his wife, who is even worse than him. Um, and they basically purchase a child for entertainment. Um, she paints, she does the um, the henna art, mm-hmm. and the wife really enjoyed it and bought her so that she could paint everybody's hands, whatever, in the court. It's terrible. But the village sends their guy to go rescue her. The British Raj and all of them have their army that's fighting against him. And it's this whole big epic story. Um, It is beautiful. It is amazing. It is on Netflix. It is subtitled. So read, people. Please read a movie. It is worth it. It is amazing. Um, But it's the same director who did Bahubali. So if you've seen those you kind of know what to expect in the epic gloriousness. Uh, the fight scenes in this are incredible. It's not as bright and colorful as Bahubali because it's not a love story, but it still ranks right up there for me. And, you know, it's like we need a little more culture. So foreign film. Yeah, I've, I've heard nothing but amazing things about this movie for months now. It was like film festivals were talking about it constantly. So I th- it is three hours long. Okay, that's that's good to know. <laughs> so if you need like to split it into two sessions, um, mm-hmm. right before the party, and you'll know what I mean by party, that would be a good pause point to split it into two. But it is the intro before you even get like the intro credits is like a half an hour. I mean, it's it's epic. So three hours, potty breaks, time them well. Okay, good to know. Uh, well, what I'm into is a very, very, very depressing true crime documentary on Netflix called Girl in the Picture. And and I, I want to stress how absolutely depressing this is. And I'm, and I'm not saying that to say it's not good because it's really good. But, oh, my God. I, I mean, it's one of the most horrific stories I've ever, ever seen in a true crime thing, honestly. I was crying at the end, uh, and I don't think I've ever really cried from a true crime documentary before that I, that I can think of, except for maybe the um, uh, the, the the cats one. Um, but this was just it's if you don't know what this is about, I'm just going to tell you a little bit. It's it starts out when um, this spans lots of decades and years, uh, but in the 90s. Uh, April of 1990, um, the body of a t- of Tanya Hughes was found on a highway in Oklahoma City. And it looked like she had been hit by a car, hit and run, which it was more than that. She had a lot of extensive damage on her body. And she died. She passed away. And so she was married to somebody who... I- I'm not going to tell you because you'll find out a lot about who this horrible, disgusting, despicable piece of garbage human being is and what happened to Tanya throughout her life and just the absolute heartbreak. And she had a son and, 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 and stuff with the son too. So if you can't, I want to just stress how depressing it is and how it could be triggering. If you've had any, any sexual abuse, um, incest, um, anything like that, just, just know this is a very triggering for that. Um, but it's really well done, really good. And, it also really, I think, highlights the fact that, you know, we as a society sometimes fail people who are thought of as less than us 
when we're seeing them and there was a lot of stuff that happened with her, but like, you know, she was a stripper for a while. Um, Tanya, the woman who died, uh, she grew up very poor. She was living in a trailer park. And so a lot of times I think society and the world at large likes to turn their uh, an eye to that and not really focus on that and focus and look at people in those industry, in the sex industry or people that are not rich or people that are in poverty, not on the same level as other people. So I think it's also a call to that. So I recommend it, but once again, be prepared. <laughs> so that's on Netflix. Okay, well, let's get into legend. So, <laughs> so Megan, I want to know. I mean, Megan, you, you're you're young though, so you wouldn't have watched this when it was out, like Sasha and I probably did. But when did you? So, did you first watch this when you were a kid? Then, so I was actually in high school when I first watched okay. this. Um, it was one of the midnight showings at the Esquire Theater. And it was very much like I heard about this film and I was on a quest to watch every Tim Curry film possible. And if possible on the big screen, because I thought it was unfair that I was unable to. So wherever there were showings of it at midnight or other times, I would go to like find Tim Curry movies. I had a best friend at the time and she was also on that same quest. So we heard of this movie Legend. And we didn't really read up on it, so we walked in not knowing what we were going to see or anything, and <laughs> it was surprising to say the least, because while we were watching it, uh, we didn't realize Tom Cruise was in it, so when he <laughs> enters the screen, and we're watching, and we're like, this is not the Tom Cruise we know, because <laughs> you see him in Mission Impossible, Top Gun, all these things, and you just, you never expected out of him to have the long hair and to be a himbo. So at first I was a little skeptical. I was like, oh, I don't know what I walked into here. Um, but it was just magical because it was on the big screen, I think. It had like that old theater vibe to it. It was midnight. And of course, like that's why a theater loves doing those midnight showings. So it just kind of felt magical. And I guess that's what I needed. The unicorn magic worked on me. The unicorn magic worked on you, yeah. And then when you watched it now to watch it for the podcast, revisit it, do you still love it? I still, I, well, I questioned some things a little bit, just, I can't help it. Like, it's just, education has taken me so far in life, but it's also a little bit of a curse in the essence of, like, I am critical of things, and I need to also be forgiving of certain aspects of it. I will say I think it has to do more with the writing and probably the cuts as a whole because I think there was more to it, but they just kept in the yeah. parts that seemed like very um, like downplaying our um, the young lady Lily because uh, she was in her own right was doing some heroic stuff, but it was very downplayed in comparison to Jack who, you know, he was doing all this crazy stuff. He had the armor on like he was the vision, but that scene between her and um Tim Curry or the darkness, the Lord darkness. Uh, it very much like watching it again. Um, and this is not because some, this is something I've experienced, but it can be triggering to someone that's experienced any sort of domestic violence before, because like the word, the wording and the things used and the love bombing and the rash kind of like, you know, going from okay to I'm very angry in this moment. Um, it, it can be triggering to some, I feel so. I, I do say there's a little bit of a trigger warning with it, but I don't know. I still love it. I think that it aged pretty well, considering everything. Um, and Screwball. I mean, what would I do without Screwball? I mean, I should have been like him and stayed home. Like, 
that's my favorite line of it. It's like, I should have just stayed home. Like, it's, <laughs> like, absolutely. That is the most true thing I've ever heard in any sort of fantasy film ever. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. So Sasha, so did you see this when it was first out in the 80s in the theater? Or Yes. <laughs> yes. I did. I and I'm just going to tell you now that I love the film then. I love it now. I I see nothing wrong with it. I choose to ignore any potential cringe flaws. I just can't because it is childhood nostalgia, so I will overlook all of the potential issues with this movie because it is in my heart and I can't not love it. I just I mean, it's, and I'm, I'm with me, it's Tim Curry. Like, yeah. he is the ultimate, you know, and I know we're going to talk about darkness, so I'll save it for that. But it's just the whole thing. It's visually beautiful. Like, with the twinkle, I, I'm a little concerned that everybody's constantly covered in the craft herpes glitter. But, um, <laughs> you know, that, that struck me this time during the rewatch where everybody is just covered in glitter all the time. I'm like how did you get it off of you like that? You're going to find that 12 years later. They probably still I, are finding it. <laughs> I'm sure they are. Like that was the one thing that really struck me during the rewatch when I watched it um, the other day. It's like, why is the glitter? Like, that's what I'm focused on. How are you going to get that off your skin? That was my concern. Nothing about the film itself. Like no. And I hear what Megan's saying about the scene. And yes, there is definitely some red flag issues in the film, but. My biggest concern was the glitter. <laughs> so that tells you that it is just in my heart and soul that I will love it no matter what. You cannot change my mind. <laughs> but I also have the DVD that has the US version and the director's cut. Oh, uh, okay. So yeah. I have both versions um, and they are definitely different, so. Yeah, because I was thinking that. I was like, I should have watched, I should have tried to find the director's cut and watched that and compared the two. And then we could have talked about that. Maybe, maybe sometime we'll do a follow up and, you know, depending on how popular this episode is and do like that, or we'll do like a live tweet or something like that. I don't know. And compare the two. Well, I, I, I did see this when I was young. And when I was, <laughs> when I was rewatching this, because this came out when I was like nine, eight or nine years old. So I was young. Um, and when I'm rewatching it yesterday, I'm like, that first scene in the darkness where they're torturing that guy next to the fire, I'm like, holy shit, I watched this as a fucking child. <laughs> I was like, I cannot believe I watched this as a child. Because <laughs> it's like, it's dark. This movie is dark. And I know when I was a teenager, you know, I hung out with a lot of goths and stuff. And this was like a very popular movie among that crowd, especially because of Tim Curry and the darkness. I want to say, I think that's why people love this movie. Essentially. I think that is the key, key, key point of why people love this movie as much as they do. I think if that character had been played by anybody else, or if that character wasn't in here or something like that, I don't think, I think this would have been kind of forgotten to be quite frank. Um, not to downplay the other performances or the other characters, but I think there's just something about that character and that performance that is why people keep coming back um, to it and love it. 
And when I first watched it, I, I want to say it's funny because we're covering four fantasy movies and all, well, three of them of the four are movies that I like. And I am not a fantasy film fan. This is actually one of my least favorite genres. But amazingly enough, I do like the ones we're covering a lot. And I think it's because of the time period when I watched them and what they meant as a child. Um, especially the one we're covering on our next ep episode, Labyrinth, and then Princess Bride. Those two, especially, I think, are the ones that really hit that sweet spot. But this one, too, and I think this one, because it spoke to that side of myself, especially when I got older, of that liking um, the darker stuff and the more twisted stuff. And this one plays into that a lot more than the other ones we're covering, for sure. So I think that's why I liked it so much. But seriously, when I was watching it yesterday, because I haven't seen this movie in decades. So that was the first time I've watched it in forever. And I just could not believe I watched something where someone was tortured like that. That's a long scene. And it it's in the background, but it's still very visible torture. And I was a young, young kid. And young, young kids watch this movie. And I'm just like, man, the 80s were a different time. <laughs> really makes you realize remember man the 80s were so different you could not they would be oh my gosh people would be up in arms about little kids watching this movie now I think if it had come out maybe I'm wrong but I I don't know that seemed really odd to me looking at it now from an adult lens um, I'm not criticizing that I saw it I just think it's just interesting Okay, so let's get into the characters then, and we're going to focus on the main three, and then I'm going to have my panelists, if they want to name one other character they want to give a little shout out to. But let's start first with Jack, played by Tom Cruise. So, Megan, I know you said when you first saw this, you were like, and I think that's the big difference with Sasha and I's maybe approach on this, is Tom Cruise was very different back then. <laughs> we, we grew up seeing the evolution of Tom Cruise. So... I know you were a little hesitant when you saw it was Tom Cruise, but what are your thoughts on the character overall? But what, what was your thought on that? I do think Tom Cruise handled the character to the best of his ability. However, I did grow up in a generation where my go-to himbo in life was Brendan Fraser as George of the Jungle. That is forever my himbo and my love of my life. Uh, so it's a very high bar to reach, and I recognize this. And, you know, Tom Cruise walked so that man could run. That's all I'm saying. It's like, it is like ultimate himbo energy. Um, I actually like Tom Cruise with the long hair. I was surprised by that. I was like, okay. Like you could tell he was getting a little frustrated with it while acting, and you could tell he was a little bit younger still then, like trying to figure some things out. But it was definitely just, a very interesting take that he made as Jack and Jack as a, a character himself, like it's supposed to be very young and innocent. Um, I didn't really interpret Jack or well, Tom Cruise playing Jack as young and innocent. Um, I got him more as like a, a paladin or like, uh, is that how you say that word? Or like a mage type where he knows things, but like um, maybe not as much as like maybe some of the elves or, like even the darkness, but he definitely knows things and he, he's respectable. And I will say that is that Tom Cruise very much gives that energy. And I love that Jack sets boundaries with Sarah and he doesn't push her. And he's like, well, no, like I'm uncomfortable with that. I love to see it. I wish more movies showed relationships like that, where it was like, mm, I don't think I'm going to just kiss this fairy just because she's telling me to, 
or using the glamour on me and pretending she is Lily. I mean, sorry, I said Sarah. I meant Lily. I apologize. It's okay. Uh, I, I her last <laughs> name is Sarah, so the actress. So there you go. <laughs> I know. I'm just trying to keep it in one uh, tone, but um, <laughs> it, it can get confusing for moments. But I think Tom Cruise did the best he could given the circumstances. And I can understand why he was frustrated because I do feel like they cut out some fundamental things that would have showed Jack becoming more in love with Lee, more like I need to save the light, like just doing more. Because I never watched the director's cut. I didn't even know that existed. So I knew it was out there in the world, but I thought it was one of those things where it's like, we will never see it. Oh no. But um, now that I know, I'm going to have to go back and watch that. So we'll have to make comparisons then. But overall, I did like Tom Cruise. I'd give him like a six out of 10 for it, just because like it was a very basic character. Um, And he mostly hit the mark. He mostly did. So I'll give him that. Yeah, you know, it's interesting when you say that they, he doesn't seem as young and inexperienced kind of as you would think he would. And I'm wondering if that's because of how you're familiar with Tom Cruise. I really, I, I wonder if that's what that is. I from. definitely think my influence of Tom Cruise, because the first movie I ever watched with Tom Cruise was Top Gun. So, yeah, yeah, I definitely have different influences there. And I recognize it's a little bit phased or a bit um, biased that way. And that's why I say, like, I I don't know young Tom Cruise fully, but you know what? He did a good job. I'm happy with it. Like, it's okay. So, Sasha, what are your overall thoughts on Jack? Well, I'm just going to start with the obvious that Tom Cruise was a freaking baby. And it always floors me. I watch this movie probably once every five years because I just, I love it. But every time I see him, I'm like, oh, you're like an infant. What is happening? It's cute little when Tom Cruise was not what he is now. I'm just going to say that. So I, you know, it was, that was shocking to me. I love the idea of the Jack character, like that, um, you know, child of the forest and the affinity with the animals, the scene where he's talking with Lily and he's got like the fox in his lap and he's just kind of petting the fox. Like, I love that nature spirit energy that that character is. And then, you know, he puts on the armor and he's got to fight and do all of that. So I'm with you. My one issue with him is when he takes Lily to go see the unicorns and is like, no. Don't touch the unicorn. No, it's forbidden. <laughs> and then he doesn't like try and stop. He He's literally like, oh, don't do that. That would be bad. But makes no move to actually prevent any of it from happening. I realize we wouldn't have a movie, but it's still like he enabled everything and it drove me batty. Um, but overall, I, I like the idea of the Jack character. I think that his you know, his hero quest and everything that he has to do, you know, trying to justify everything when he meets the gump and screwball and, you know, dealing with the fairy Una who's like, just a kiss. It's just a kiss. It'll be fine. You know, so I, I like the idea of him. At the time, I was a Tom Cruise fan. I am no longer really like, I'll watch his movies. Like he's a decent actor. I like his Mission Impossible. I feel like they're like the Fast and the Furious. Like there's certain you know, franchises that you're like, I'll watch every movie because they're stupid and ridiculous and entertaining. Um, but as a human, I'm just not really a fan. And so to see him as a baby, I was like, oh, it's when you were like 
just you. Before you found a cult. Before, yeah, yeah. I was trying to avoid <laughs> saying that, but you said it. So I'll, I'll say it. I'm yeah. going to say it. You know, but it, it very much, and it's, you know, my, unlike <laughs> Megan, who is significantly younger than you or I, you know, <laughs> I, I'm the Tom Cruise of, you know, risky business and the outsiders and, you know, all of those early, the brat pack of the eighties, you know, because he was part of the fringe of that. So to see him in that light, it was like, it's like coming home, right? It's that whole childhood nostalgia where you're like, oh, and then you realize that they joined a cult and went a little wacky and you're like, oh, cringe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not only joined it, but oh man, if you watch documentaries, holy moly, he is like the, ooh, he's like their god almost in a weird, it's really kind of freaky. I've said before, and I'll say it again, I do not like Tom Cruise in real life, but I love watching Tom Cruise. I think Tom Cruise is a fantastic actor. I think he's very underrated. I think he gives so many amazing performances, and he is just such a presence on screen. And I and I say that because it's hard, because I, like, I love the Mission Impossible movies. Those are, like, my, of, like, action franchise movies. Those are mine. I will watch every single one. I don't think they're stupid. Sasha, I will fight you on that. I do not think they're stupid. Not, not stupid in the, uh, like, stupid in the, you are really going to jump from a motorcycle. It's like Fast and the Furious. Like, physics doesn't exist in those worlds. Yes, like you and he does all that tricks. stuff. He does know, all that and stuff. And then he breaks an ankle. Um, I love the Mission Impossible. Don't get me wrong. I meant stupid as in like cheesy, corny, would never yeah, happen I in the know, real yeah. world. But I will watch every single second of every single one of them and love it. Yes, yes. And I, I will. And I'm really sad I haven't seen Top the new Top Gun yet. I'm I'm it, it's I'm just very upset about that. So I love him. And I think we're gonna be talking about uh Magnolia during my birthday month when I I'm gonna I'm I'm determined I'm getting Finn Whitrock on that. Episode. Um, but if I don't, I'm still gonna, I'm gonna hopefully I have someone on there with me. And I think his performance in that should have won an Oscar. So I think, you know, I, I grew we grew up, you know, Sasha and I grew up with Tom Cruise. And I, I, you know, I had moments where I thought he was really attractive and stuff, but he was never one of the ones that I like put posters on my wall of. But I still loved his movies. Like this one and the outsiders of course although i don't you know even though he's in that i always hesitate to think of it as a tom cruise movie only because he's such a small part and um i'm not really a big fan of risky business but i liked it okay i love top gun cocktail which is a movie that people hate but i love it because i was so young when i saw it in the 80s so i love that one and a bunch of those yeah <laughs> and so he's just such a presence but in this I want to say in this I think this character when I was younger I loved this character as an adult this character is so boring and bland to me in a lot of respects because he's such the like white knight prince character kind of like kind of like a, a fantasy version of a Ken doll <laughs> I love that, Erin. We're going to keep that. <laughs> oh, my God. That needs to be a sticker. <laughs> it does. I love that. Oh, my God. You <laughs> nailed it. Because <laughs> he, he's like, there's sex. He's so sexless, too. It's like, I, I he's just, 
just completely he has no sexist. sense of desire. No, <laughs> no, he's and not I- a. He's not like he's like this very safe, safe boy, and he's just like you know. I mean, it is cute how much he loves the animals, but he's just. You know, and I don't know in the director's cut since I haven't seen it because I heard a lot of what's cut is a lot of his stuff and a lot of other things he does. So I don't know if that makes him less of a Ken doll or more of a Ken doll. <laughs> Sasha? I haven't watched the director's cut in a long time. So I honestly can't speak to it to okay. say what the differences are. I really do think we need to do a watch party and watch it and see. Yeah. And then like maybe we could do like a mini episode of here's an addendum <laughs> to legend now that we watch the theatrical to compare but i'm all about the fantasy kendall version <laughs> i just i can't it's all i can picture now because that's just i mean that's really what he is he he really is he's like and he's the safe the safe guy for young girls who would have watched this so as an adult i'm like you're okay you're cute you're cute you know you're like oh you little baby tom cruise you're a little baby tom cruise with the fox and the animals and you're so and you know all that stuff and you know covered in the craft herpes yes (laughs) with your longer hair and um and actually i was reading something that actually the reason that long hair is there part of it is that Tom Cruise had long hair or something at the time and he did not want to get rid of it and people wanted him to get rid of it and then this happened and they liked it for this so I just to put that out there Megan because I know you mentioned the hair earlier so I just thought that was he was funny. messing around with it so much in the movie that was the one thing I did notice and I'm like yeah. is it a wig is that his hair and maybe it's just how they style it but like he was not at all like having it like all the to the front the way it was like <laughs> I don't think he enjoyed that aspect of it yeah, he's probably like I liked this hair and now I don't like this hair <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah yeah I, I yeah so maybe we'll make a sticker it's a it's a fantasy Kendall thing, <laughs> and that'll be our legend sticker. <laughs> there you go. Um, I am here for it. I love it. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how you can incorporate it into other things, right? He's an action Kendall. He's yeah, a drama Kendall. He's yeah. a comedy Kendall. Maybe it's just <laughs> he's a Kendall. Kendall. He's a horror Kendall. <laughs> I'm trying to think who that would be, but I'm sure there are a lot a lot of them. Yeah. Johnny Depp's character in Nightmare on Elm Street which is kind of a yes. horror Kendall. He is a horror Kendall. <laughs> he absolutely is. Yeah. He absolutely it. is. No joke. Oh, man. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, let's move on to the female character, Lily, played by Mia Sarah, who really, she didn't really have much of a career after this that I know of. Um, I, I should have, I can look here in a second to see what else she was in, but what Here's are your- Here's Day Off. Oh yeah, I hate that movie so much. Um, <laughs> sorry, I know everybody loves that movie. I hate it. <laughs> I felt the same you... from here. <laughs> sorry, letting you know she was in it. That's all. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I, that's probably why I block it out. So, Megan, what are your thoughts on Lily? Somehow, she's even more boring than Jack. Somehow, um, <laughs> except when Tim Curry comes on the screen, and then suddenly she comes to life. I don't know if it was just because of how it was written, but oh my god, the minute like she went on screen and Tim Curry was there, like the the sense of temptation, like every girl goes through when she's like, "Oh, should I go with the bad boy or should I stick with my good guy or whatever," and you just see it and it's just it's kind of it seems romantic at first it, that's the thing it seems romantic um then you look at it closely and you're like mm, no and I'm glad as an actress she's very vocal about that like you know like no like we're not doing this and like it seemed like they were trying to le- have her lean into more of him seducing her and she was just not like into it at all as either as an actress or the character as a whole. But I got the more of the impression that the actress as a whole just did not want to give that type of vibe because it seemed from like how it was set up, she was supposed to kind of feed into it a little bit and just enough so she could free the unicorn. But I don't know. It's just the chemistry was slightly off with her. Tim Curry was putting all the seduction forth and I was eating it up. I was absolutely eating it up at one point. <laughs> when I first watched it, I definitely ate it up. But um, yeah, no, I just, she's okay. But yeah, now I'm thinking about the fucking glitter. Oh my God. <laughs> like, because <laughs> she was covered in the most of it. Like, I yes. feel like she was just glitter. Like, that was it. That was her whole character, just glitter. They should have just named her Glitter. Um, we should just rename the movie Glitter. <laughs> Legend. Mariah Carey might sue us for that. I, well, <laughs> you know, this movie had more glitter. Let's be real. I, I did like the costume changes she went through. I will say that the the darkness that overcame her, I liked that. Um, but I don't know. She was she was kind of forgettable. Like I'm sorry, but she was a little forgettable for me. Yeah, Sasha, your thoughts? So. It's funny because if you say legend and you say Lily, the first thing that comes to my mind is that dress. Can we talk about that dress? Like, holy crap. (laughs) I wanted that dress. Even in my Mm -hmm. 20s, I wanted that. And I, in my 20s, I probably could have pulled off that dress, but was like a little not sure about the dress. I still want that dress. I love that. I was at Denver Comic-Con when it was still Denver Comic-Con several years ago. And there was somebody, there were two women there. One of them was Lily in the dress, like the low cut with the face. And the other one was the dress when it had the black over the face and they were paired. So they, they were like dancing with each other around. It was by far my favorite costume that I'd seen at the Denver Comic-Con. I'll have to find that photo somewhere. I'll share it to my Instagram I got to find it first, but it, I was flabbergasted when I saw them because I feel like the problem with legend is it's like you said, people don't really like 
the movie. So it's one of those, if you find people who like it, they love it. And there's such a small group of us, but Lily, it's the dress. It's 100% the dress. Um, the rest of her character, I want to know why it's always the woman who is so flawed and tempted by evil. Like why, 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 why we got to continue with that? Yeah. I get it. It's the eighties. So we were knee deep in that. Like still, still happens. Though. I know it still happens, but it's like, <laughs> why, why? But then she got the dress and I'm like, all right, I will let that go for the dress alone. I think like Megan, that scene where she's like looking at herself in the mirror and darkness first emerges from the mirror. Oh, like I just, I, I can't, it's all about the dress when she's the innocent heavily quoted innocent version of Lily, like running around and going to meet Jack and stuff. Um, like the first time she's like, Jack, Jack, like freaking out in the woods. And all I kept thinking was, huh, it's like Titanic. Jack, come back. It's Jack, like where are you? <laughs> you know, it, just, it had the same feel. I realized that those movies are decades apart, but... <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned it because I did find her incredibly whiny and it got on my nerves five minutes in and I forgot about it. <laughs> yeah, she just had that whine to her. And it, I know she was supposed to be like this innocent thing, but then I don't, I, she was never innocent enough because she went for the unicorn. Like she went for every temptation there was, she went for it, which is not a fault. Like, you know, I, there are certain rabbit holes that I will fall down that I really shouldn't, but I get it. So yeah, my thoughts on Lily are the dress. Hands down, that's, it's the dress. Yeah, that dress, that was like, oh my gosh, that was the most amazing. That black dress is the most amazing thing. And the way she looked, the makeup, the styling, everything. I want to give huge, huge props to uh, the makeup department, the wardrobe department, costuming, everything like that, set design. They deserve huge props for this movie because they would not, this movie would not work without without that. And that dress is incredible. That scene is, you know, the my favorite scene in the whole movie, honestly. From that when the dance, and then when she, you know, is in the dress, and then when the darkness emerges from the mirror, which is just absolutely breathtaking. And uh, and then the whole scene with the darkness, even though it is problematic. Which it's interesting because I, you could actually say Labyrinth is kind of a tamed down version of this relationship. This was a thing that happened a lot in movies in the 80s. So women tempted by that. And one, the one thing, the thing I wrote down about, about Lily before the dress scene is she's kind of, she's like Eve and she takes a bite of the apple by touching the unicorn. And so it's like, you know, that's, you know, kicked off every, you know, Adam and Eve and original sin, all that kind of stuff. So she's Eve and she's the one who kicks off everything because the woman, of course, is the one that's going <laughs> to kick off everything horrible in the world. <laughs> and she's even tempting the devil, basically. She's even tempting darkness. So it's like that whole thing. It's women are the downfall. <laughs> But they also might be able to distract like she does. And because she really saves the day. I want to say she is actually the one that saves the day. Not, I mean, yes, Jack helps and everything, but she's the one who saves the day. She tricks the darkness. She's the one who frees the unicorn. She saves the whole entire day. And she, I don't think she gets any credit for that, but she, 
but she does. So yeah, but but yeah, that dress is just the most amazing, beautiful dress in the whole entire world. I want to say, I I even think it could be a good wedding dress. <laughs> and I don't remember any other like costuming or things in movies that stand out as iconic as that dress. Yeah, like when you think about movies, it's always a role, a character you know, a scene, a set, something like that. But that dress is in and of itself. So I can't, I can't think of any other like article of clothing yeah. that does that. Yeah. Cause it does. It really, really sticks out. I mean, even watching it, you know, yesterday it was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I remember this scene so vividly because of that. And then also because of the mirror part with the darkness coming out and, you know, she plays, I, I want to say, the character is played very, very interestingly because she's supposed to be doe-eyed, innocent girl. But she plays up the whole scene with the darkness. That's done very well because she even comes across as a little bit creepy in a way, as a little bit like, oh, she, you know, I mean, you know that she's playing him. But at the same time, you could maybe think she's not because she plays up that whole thing of, yes, I want to, you know, I want to be the one to kill the unicorn. I want to be the one to do all that. I want to be the one to take the horn. I want to do this. And she does it in the way she, the line is delivered and everything like that is, is very interesting. She's like a seductress, but again, it plays into that Eve thing. It really is kind of like that kind of characterization and it fits with having Jack be like the Adam character in a lot of ways too. So yeah. Um, and the darkness could be considered even like the snake in the garden too. So it's, it's an interesting allegory of that. I think I really noticed it more watching it this time. Okay. Well, let's move on to the reason I think most people love this movie. Uh, the character of darkness, the darkness played by the amazing Tim Curry, who we all absolutely adore someday. I will have, we have to do an episode at some point, just talking about Tim Curry We've talked about two movies with Tim Curry. We still, at one point, will also have to talk about Clue. But we definitely should just do an episode about Sasha got excited about that, about Tim Curry, period. But um, so, Megan, I know you love this character, so I don't have to ask if you love this character. But what are your overall thoughts on The Darkness? I'm enamored by the makeup team and the SFX team that put him together as a character because the amount of prosthetics, the weight of those horns, the hooves. They were actual hooves at one point that they used. Um, I think they finally had to change it out, though, because you could tell, like, the costume was breaking down a little bit, especially when he did that final run. Um, th there was, like, a slight, like, it was very quick, but they added an edit where it was kind of normal. Um, so I think the costume might have broke or the hooves themselves just because Tim Curry's a big man. Like, he's, he has no business wearing hooves like that. Um, and <laughs> back then, like, hooves then we're not what like the same kind of construction that you can make them now but even then they're still very unstable to walk in and I don't know I just I says somebody that has cosplayed as a Darth Maul before I've had that joyful experience of the red the red never leaving you <laughs> I can only imagine how long Tim Curry experienced that and how difficult that must have been, uh, especially doing that day after day. Cause I, that is an exhausting costume to wear. So that in itself, wearing that constantly and still, still doing incredible acting and just putting in the right 
uh, kick where it's needed. Um, like when you mentioned about um, Lily, she made that remark about wanting to kill the unicorn, and you know, it was kind of creepy. It was creepy. He was so tickled pink, and you oh, and, like yeah. the laugh he did, and it was like you felt it, and it was like, oh my gosh, like that is incredible acting because I, I don't believe Tim Curry's someone that would enjoy something like that, but his <laughs> ability to act like he did was amazing. So I, I just I love it so much. I love Tim Curry though. I anything that involves Tim Curry, it's just it's golden. I don't care what anyone's, it's golden. Um, I just, it's such a really epic character. And I've thought about cosplaying it a couple of times, but then I think like, do I really want to be in pain all day? But then I think maybe for like a photo shoot thing, just so I can have it. And then I'm like, no, I don't even want to do it then. Like it, it takes a true actor of his craft to really dedicate himself to this because it was wild. Um, I found myself somewhat attracted to Lord of Darkness when I was younger. Granted, now that's obviously different. Um, but I do think he's funny regardless. Like throughout time, he's always been like the funniest character in this. And just how he remarks and handles things, I adored it. And I was like, I wish we got a lot more of that. And he wasn't just at the end. I wanted to see more of him throughout the movie. And even just, like, coming maybe as a vision to Lily because he's, like, watching her in the forest. Because he senses things clearly. Um, I wondered if he would have that kind of power to reach out to her. Because, I mean, he reaches out to his father. Um, I never quite understood who the father was. Is that, like, the devil himself? Like, I am assuming so. Um, or it could be it could be God because oh God because Lucifer was an angel and then fell and I just always think of the darkness as the devil so okay yeah that makes be. sense too. and I think of this as very much in a biblical allegory kind of story in a lot I, of respect, I, yeah it's very so. similar I will I will say that um, when he was sitting in his chair just like loathing the fact that he was like obsessed with this girl fascinated by her or whatever and he was talking to his dad about it and he's, he was like, you must go after her. You must do it. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I was like, hell yeah. Like, <laughs> you do it. And he did the whole works. He he got her jewels. He got her a, a, a sexy dress, the invisible dancer, so she could turn into that sexy dress. And, like, it, it was incredible. I mean, it was 10 out of 10 sedu seductive qualities. Um, I, a 10 out of 10. Like, I, I, there is nothing wrong with Tim Curry, though. Nothing, nothing wrong at all. I... I don't care what anyone says. No, just he was perfect. <laughs> yeah, Sasha. Darkness is my all-time favorite. My all-time, all-time favorite. Um, you know, if you want to call him a villain, the bad guy, whatever you want to call it, he is my all-time favorite, that character. Um, I cannot get enough of him. I wholeheartedly agree with Megan. Tim Curry can do no wrong. Um, this was phenomenal the the makeup the artistry all of it was just it was on point like there it's flawless the way he looked the way he carried himself the things he said the way he said it the you know the limited amount of facials that he could give just because of the makeup he still nailed it like those little smirks and just the the eyes you know he he completely nailed it but darkness is my all-time favorite i um am a sucker for any darkness art 
I when I see it, I have to buy it because it's so hard to find. Um, I got trapped at Fan Expo this year and bought two things of darkness art because some guy had it and I was like, God, <laughs> I already spent my budget, but now I'm buying more. I I don't, it's darkness. Like he's amazing. The scene, I agree, you know, the, the seduction factor, when he came through that mirror, I just wanted to die. It's like, holy crap. Like that was the coolest effect ever, having him just step out be there in all of his glory you know as he comes to her and is like you know talking and she's like oh, hear her throat begging to be slid she's like you know he gets so excited and then the scene when he's running towards jack and his horns hit the wall and he's like what do we have here a little boy you know and he's just like intimidating so he's got like the hot factor the intimidating factor and you're like i don't think i should be attracted to a half bull humanoid thing that is clearly representation of evil but then there's the part where you know he he has that last thing where he's like how can you have light without darkness you know and just kind of the whole thing and you go was he really bad? Was he really evil? Was he just like in his nature so hard that he was, that's just his nature, right? Like you can't be mad at the night. The night has to come. You can't be mad at a snake. It's a snake. I don't like snakes. I don't want snakes around me, but I know that they have to exist. So I'm just going to, you stay over there. I'll stay over here. <laughs> Darkness can stay over there. I'll stay over here. I don't know. Maybe I went a little too deep there. Tim Curry. Love him. Yeah, I mean, I think, like I said, this movie would not work without Tim Curry. This movie would not even have, this movie would be so, honestly, this movie would be very boring. And it's a very short movie, but it would be very boring without Tim Curry in it and without this character and uh, what Tim Curry does with this. And he's, this character is not a sexless Ken doll. This character is very sexy. That's the thing is this character is very attractive to me <laughs> and to Sasha. Um, and I know a lot of people and I know he's not a good care. I know this character is not good. I know this is evil. He's misunderstood. He's, he's misunderstood. He's misunderstood. <laughs> I'm going to defend him. I shouldn't defend him, but I feel the urge to defend him. <laughs> He's misunderstood, but he's sexy as hell. I mean, he is so sexy and it's weird to find a, a character. If you really want to look at it, that, that really is not really human. So sexy, but he is, I mean, when he comes through the mirror and the way he stands there and the way Tim Curry does the facial expressions and the voice and just everything, it's, it exudes sexuality. It exudes power. And there's also something very sexy about the fact that once he kind of feels like under Lily's spell in a lot of ways, when he like gets mad, he gets mad at her and then he instantly takes it back and kind of is like, well, whatever you want, you know, if, if, if that's okay with you kind of thing. That's interesting thing to watch and the way Tim Curry plays that is really good. I mean, he knows how to walk that line and he knows how to make a character that you shouldn't be rooting for. I mean, in you know, you shouldn't be, but he makes it so you do want to root for him and it's the way he plays him. Um, you know, it's 
everything's more exciting when he's on the screen. Everything's more interesting. Everything is more um, alive. He turns it up to 11. Yes, he turns it up to 11. Yes, yes. So it's just, it's an incredible performance and it's an incredible character. And the prosthetics and the makeup and the costuming and everything are insane. I mean, it's incredible, really. I was, when watching it yesterday, I was just like, because sometimes when you watch these movies, you know, now and you can see, you know, it was kind of like, not, I mean, because you're so used to today's stuff. So you're kind of like, oh, it was, it was good for the time. This is good for any time. This is incredible work. I just keep wanting to highlight that because it's amazing, especially with the darkness. It's just incredible. That look and, and the hooves even, and, you know, even if the costuming was falling apart a little bit, it, to me, it wasn't noticeable. It was just very um, beautiful to watch. He's very beautiful to watch. He kind of glistens, and I know everyone glistens with the glitter, but he has a different kind of glistening. There's almost a um, a scaliness to it, like a slime, not slime isn't the right word because it's still sexy, but almost like a, the snake slithering kind of thing as Maybe well. Maybe a sheen? Like yes, a sheen. A sheen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, he's just he's The sexy. bodybuilder baby oil, <laughs> a la Lost Boys. The, oh, the saxophone the <laughs> like, why are you shining why are you wet you look slippery we're gonna be talking about lost boys later this year by the way <laughs> because it's one of the big anniversaries for lost boys so just to let but you know <laughs> darkness had that same kind of thing Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh, and speaking, and also just so you know, we are covering Brendan Fraser later this year, by the way. <laughs> I, I can't mean to say that when Megan had brought him up, but we are doing an episode covering him later on um, as well. But yeah, he's just, he's amazing. Perfect. And I think, you know, the, I think the greatest three Tim Curry characters, and I know there's that meme that goes around that People will judge you on what how which character you associate Tim Curry with, but honestly, I think if you associate Tim Curry with, um, you know, either The Darkness or, um, you know, in Rocky Horror, or if you do in um, Clue, that's fine too. I think any of those three characters, I think it's kind of the trifecta for him. I think those are the three greatest characters that he has ever played, and three of the greatest characters. Period. And um, especially when you look at with Rocky Horror Picture Show, that was the very first thing he'd ever done that wasn't theater, which is pretty darn remarkable. But so he's just amazing. He's just a presence. He's a presence like Tom Cruise is, but in a different way. He's like, um, and even though when you watch him in anything, pretty much, I, I wouldn't say Clue necessarily, because I think everybody kind of is like so great and wonderful in Clue anyway, all equally great. He kind of, he's like, you can't take your eyes off of him. He pulls focus, but he's not doing it in a selfish way. It's just because he's so amazing to watch. He's so interesting and beautiful and he's such a talent. He's so incredibly talented and he makes it look effortless. So, and he's so sexy in this. I've never really found him so sexy as in, as I do in this. This is peak Tim Curry being incredibly sexy you know, very seductive, very seductive. Um, yeah. So yeah, we all, we all love the darkness. I would have been shocked if someone didn't like, <laughs> like this 
character. I would have had to excuse myself from the podcast if somebody did not like this character. I'd been like, I gotta go. Sasha would be we gone. We can't talk. <laughs> Sasha's like, I choose not to have violence today in my life. Yep, yep. <laughs> Choosing peace and calm and tranquility. <laughs> so, Megan, there's one other character you can point out. Are you going to point out Screwball? <laughs> Is that what you're pointing out? <laughs> yes, I'm absolutely going to point out Screwball. He's the best. The be- Listen, if I were on an adventure, okay, it's probably going to take me out of my routine. And I am a, ha- a person that values their routine in life. He very much has the same values as me. And yeah, he's like, yeah, I'll defend this mayor. Like, I've got this, whatever. I'm here. And he's there. And then they shoot the little arrow and it hits his little um, cap, the the armor cap that he has. So he plays dead (laughs) instead of getting up to help. It might have knocked him out, but they never really verified if that's what actually what happened. I'm almost positive he was more so playing dead. Um, He even at the end when he was supposed to like lift up the um, the shield so that the light could come in to the castle or yeah, the castle. uh, He took a nap. I would also take a nap just because like it, it's exhausting having to do all that cardio. Like they were walking a lot. They were running around a lot. It just, it seemed draining and he is the most realistic fantasy character I've ever seen in my life. Like <laughs> he's, there's just something about him that feels human, even though he's not human. Technically it just, I really connected with him and I just need people to appreciate that he is actually handling these adventures like any of us would because we all value our routines and can't actually handle just dropping everything and going on an adventure like Jack or any of these other crazy heroic people. (laughs) I love that. So Sasha, what character are you? I I love Megan's analysis of Screwball because it is spot on. <laughs> I just, I love that. Um, I think the character that I want to call out is Una, the the little sprite fairy. Just because through most of it, she's just a little glowing orb. And then she reveals herself to Jack and then tries to trick him with her glamour and all of that. And she has been lying to the gump for so long that he's like, what? What do you mean you could do this? And I feel like that is just fairy nature. Like, She's in it for herself. She has her friends and she likes them, but she's like, I'm keeping my secrets because I'm going to keep my secrets. And you don't need to know this because it's mine to know. So I just, she's sassy. And like, you know, she's got zero Fs to give. She's just like, no, this is me. This is what I'm doing. So I kind of, I, I like her sassy um, honoriness. She's a pain in the ass. And I'm not really sure what purpose she serves other than to serve up sass and be a pain, but she does help screwball in the end. Cause she's got to kind of wake him up and be like, wait, get, go. <laughs> now is not the time to nap. Um, so yeah, I'm going to call her out. <laughs> awesome. Well, I, this probably doesn't count, but I don't care. I'm going to say it anyway. I'm going to call it the unicorns <laughs> because in the 80s, unicorns were a big flipping deal. I don't know what it was that happened, but I know my sister was obsessed with unicorns. But my sister was a big horse person, and she even went to college. The first thing she went to college for, and then she, she switched directions, was um, equine massage therapy. So she loves horses. And so, you know, I, unicorns were big in our house growing up. And I mean, there were and tons of movies like The Last Unicorn. But they were such a big deal back then. 
Um, and I'm not saying people don't talk about unicorns now, but they were bigger back then. Like, but they were on all of our school folders. Yes, like and what Trapper Rainbow Keepers Bright, like rode a unicorn, right? right. <laughs> they were. Ev- you could not get away. Every shirt, anything that was targeted towards girls had unicorns yes. on it. Everything. Yes. Yes. So they were the big, and I call these, and I want to call these unicorns out because I think, I I think these unicorns were, I don't know. I like these unicorns better than other unicorns in movies back then. I don't know. There was something more mythical about them and something more powerful, but also innocent. And horses, I think, I think it kind of captured what horses are like anyway. Horses are very powerful beings, but they're also pretty sensitive beings and could easily get hurt kind of thing and are abused and taken advantage of. And I I didn't look up because I didn't want to get hurt to see how the horses were treated in this. I didn't look it up. But because I know a lot of times with the horns, the way they would do that a lot in the movies wasn't very good sometimes. But I didn't look and see because I didn't really want to get my heart broken about that. Um, <laughs> but, I, but I love them and they're so beautiful and um the way they're the way it's even lit like is like just gorgeous too and having that symbolize light and having that symbolize love is also i think a beautiful thing as well so i'm just calling that out i know that's kind of a weird thing to call out as far as characters but i think it's important so <laughs> i almost called them out okay okay so sasha almost okay. yeah <laughs> well because okay. there wouldn't be a movie without them the whole thing is the unicorn horns Exactly, exactly. Like, they are the crux of the whole movie. Exactly, yes, yes. And that's a love story, too, in itself, too. So, yeah. Okay, well, we already talked about the performances a little bit, but is is there anything anyone wants to add on that with the performances, Megan or Sasha? I will say the little goblin fellow, the henchman, he was also a really good character. Um, Blitz, I think is what his name was. Yeah, he he was cute. Uh, He kept the story moving, I felt, for the most part, and I did appreciate that. So he, I don't know who that actor is, but you did a great job as Blitz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me just look him up here. I was going to call out Blix, too, because I like that his character, when he spoke, everything was in rhyme. And it's actually a woman, Alice Payton, by the way, is who plays Blix. So just so you know. <laughs> all right. Everything yes. that they said was, but I like that it was all in rhyme. No, I agree. Some of the best, some of the best lines in the yeah. whole movie are from Blix. So yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Cause when I was watching it again, I was like, oh my gosh, I remember this line. Cause like I said, I have not seen this since yeah. I was a teenager. So, and that yeah. was only a couple years ago, but still. <laughs> Just a few. Just a few. Because I got COVID, I didn't get a chance to find the music for Six Degrees of Finn because a Finn went rock because Carla has written an intro song for this because I want an intro song for our segment six series of Finn went rock and no one has reached out to us. Not even you Finn to, to, to write the music or give us some music for this. Um, you know, you haven't even reached out to do a duet with Carla Finn. What the heck? Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, so I'm going to have to look at royalty free. It probably won't happen until after San Diego comic-con. But I am hoping before the end of the year, before September, to have an intro song for Six Degrees of Finn Whitrock. Because we have the lyrics, we just need the music. And I just think it deserves an intro. So it is time to play Six Degrees of Finn. And I know um, Sasha is going to be playing along with me. 
So this is very exciting because I haven't heard any of Sasha's connections, to, not Sasha's personal connections, but <laughs> unless she has them, but any of her connections for Finn. So give me your six degrees of Finn, Sasha. All right. So I'm using Tim Curry. Okay. <laughs> Obviously. Awesome. awesome. Uh, Tim Curry was in Muppets Treasure Island, which links the Muppets to the Muppets Most Wanted, which Lady Gaga made a cameo in lady gaga was in american horror story hotel with finn i love this connection this is amazing <laughs> because the muppets when i was little if i missed the muppets like we i remember once having to rush home to try and watch the muppets the muppets show was like the biggest deal so i love that yeah 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 i i don't i don't love what lady gaga's character did to my favorite Finn Whitrock character in the American Horror Story universe, Tristan. But I, I won't get on that because I'll be talking for about 20 minutes. <laughs> I mean, I have I have a piece of fan art over here uh, in my in my room that um, as is Tristan and Liz from Hotel. So I, that's how much I love that character. Uh, but mine, I used Tom Cruise. Um, so Tom Cruise was in Jerry Maguire with Renee Zellweger, who Zellweger, excuse me, who was in the movie Judy playing Judy Garland, and Finn was in that playing Judy Garland's last husband. I think that movie is really good. Uh, if you like those biopics, what Hollywood did to Judy Garland is such a tragedy. I mean, her life is a tragedy, but it's but I think Renee Zellweger was really good. But that's my connection, and that's the first time we've used Judy. So. That's awesome too. But thank you so much for playing. And thank you both so much. This has been a ton of fun. And I am excited to talk about the movies we are going to be talking about coming up here. And I'll let you know what those other ones are. But first, I just want to, I, Megan's my anonymous Megan. So I'm not going to even ask you where you can be found, anonymous Megan. So Sasha, who became unanonymous in 2021, where can they find you? Yes, you can find me on the Instagram at vegan geek chick. Um, and when this episode drops, I'll try and find the dress picture from Denver Comic Con and I'll post some of my darkness art that I've acquired to help promote the episode. So vegan geek chick Yay. on the Instagram. Yay, awesome. And then maybe we'll we'll probably reblog that too, just in case people don't see that. And this is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at E April Beauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod. On Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. If you would like to be a potential interview guest on this show, or if you have any feedback, feel free to head on over to our website. It's a fandomthingpod.com and click the contact us button there. And also, I forgot to say, if you would like to play July's audience version of Six Degrees of Finn Whitrock, head on over to our website. Go to the page that's literally titled Six Degrees of Finn Whitrock. And um, for July, the shows and movies we are playing with are Dawson's Creek, Girlfriends, which... Um, never mind. I'm not going to say because then maybe that, no, I'll say it because it's, you couldn't use it anyway for this. But just as an aside, the Girlfriends episode, if you're ever wondering how our unofficial mascot, Christian Effing Bale, came to be, it's actually because of the Girlfriends episode. Yes, he has nothing to do with that show, but that's where it all kind of started. And then the movie Thelma and Louise. 
and then coming to America. So those are the four we're playing with. So go over to that link, submit those. And I still have to give out by this time. I have to let the July winner know that they are the June winner know that they won. Um, and it's free to enter and enter by July 31st. And then sometime during the first or second week of August, I will randomly select a winner and they will win some. It's a Fendom thing merch. So it's fun to play. I love this new game. When I have Finn Whitrock on this podcast, see, it's the positive affirmation that it will happen. When I have him on here, maybe I'll have him play a version of this game. <laughs> He'll let me play it. He's, he's cool. He's laid back. I'm sure he would let me play it with him. On our next episode, we are going to be talking about Labyrinth, which is with the beloved David Bowie. And I'm really excited to be talking about this one. Um, both Sasha, Sasha, sorry, I don't know why I said your name like that. Sorry, Sasha. Both Sasha and Megan will be on that one as well as Susie. And then just to let you know how the rest of this is going to go, then next week we are going to be covering The Princess Bride and then Willow. Willow is the only one personally I will give you a heads up that I was never a big fan of, even though I absolutely love Val Kilmer. And we're going to be talking about Val Kilmer in November during my birthday month to let you know too. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter and Stop Asian Hate. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.